if you have results but no trust, people will quit on you or organizations will say, oh, we can't scale with you and you're still out the door, okay? And so you've got to have trust and results. And here's the glue that puts it all together for your listeners. It comes down to helping everyone make the choice to outgrow their talent, mm. okay? Talent is a gift. We're all blessed with different levels of talent, okay? And too many people say, I'll rise to that level and this is where I can go. I have learned that growth is a choice, the great leaders, the enlightened, the modern, the elite leaders, they help the, every member of their team choose growth over talent. Hey everybody, George Soto. Today I'm joined by Rob Jepson, who's managing director at the Jepson Performance Group in Salt Lake City. Rob, how are you, man? It's been a while since we've seen each other. So good to see you, man. Uh, great to get to reconnect and congrats on everything that's happening over there with you guys. Thank you. We're super, super excited. I've known Joe Caprio for eight years or so i yep. uh my claim to fame with our friendship was that i helped him get a deal he at uh, twitter he's got this crazy story of me like rushing into this room and demanding that they buy the product inside squared and uh yeah so he tells it better than i do but uh <laughs> nice rob let's talk about what you're so fantastic at and it's in line with coaching and motivation philosophy what are those two factors or variables or attributes that elite sales leaders have today? So this is my favorite topic. I mean, when we talk, we're working with revenue ops, we're working with CROs, we're working with VPs of sales. I want to start with just like really simple, George, that I believe that sales leadership is the least developed, but the most important function in a company. And um, there's a lot of reasons we could argue about that. But most of the time, sales leaders are kind of left on their own to figure things out. And most of the data would say that most of the time, figure it out is not that great of a strategy. So as I've worked with leaders around the world, and I, it's been interesting, it's global look, what I'm about to share, lots of industries. It's tech, it's financial services, it's manufacturing, it's in the healthcare world. I have found two attributes that elite sales leaders and leadership teams have that average ones or below average ones don't have. And if you can have these two things in abundance, you can become elite in the impact. And I like that word elite because mm. I'm talking about what gets you in that top one, 2%, right? And it's not that they're smarter. It's not that they work harder. It's not that they you know, are just more gifted. They just have these two things in abundance. Or, or it's not that they're better at spreadsheets. That always yeah. gets me. Well, in fact, you know, if we could have another episode on just what I call spreadsheet leadership. I, I, I just have a few, you know, thoughts about that, but that's not what this one's about. Here's the two things, man. Thing one is you got to have trust. And trust is really interesting because I believe it's the currency of any relationship. It's the currency of your personal relationships. It's the currency of the professional ones the members of your team, and also the relationships with your customers. It's what you trade on, man. And, and it's really interesting when you ask yourself, what does trust mean? And I have an exercise that I do where I'll get leaders in a room and everybody wants trust. I'll have them take 60 seconds and write every synonym they can think of for trust. And 
Then I put them in groups of five to 10 people and I have them read their words out. And I say, tell me the words that all five or 10 people in your group agreed. Means 100% of the people had them on their list. Not something like it. They all had to have it. And most of the time, dude, no words did everybody agree on. Zero words. Hmm. And the three words that show up when people do have an agreement is number one, honesty. Number two, reliability. Number three, helpfulness. Okay. So if you're going to be a leader, an elite leader, that's going to have this culture of trust, you've got to be honest. You've got to be helpful. You've got to be reliable. Now that said, here's three elements of trust that you need to apply those three things to. Number one is your ethical trust. That means when, when Rob says something, do I believe it? Right. When, When George says something, do I believe it? Do I think that he's going to tell me straight up what's going on with the company when I ask? As a leader, you need to have people believe what you say about the company when you give those company updates. You, you've got to have them believe that you're telling them the straight story, you know, whether it's what your equity is going to be like, whether what's happening with the company, its financial position, any of those things. Okay, That's number one. Number two, after ethical trust, is your technical trust. And this is in your competency. Can I do the job? Right. Um, are you someone worth following because you can help me improve in my career? There's a lot of things. Can you do the job? Can you help me do the job better? Are you someone worth listening to? Technical trust, okay? There's a lot of ways I can, sh- I can demonstrate that. And the third way is connection trust. Do I believe you have my interests in mind or am I just a means to your end, mm. Okay. Those are the three kinds of trust that you need to be honest, helpful, and reliable in as it applies to your ethics, your technical capabilities, or your connection with the person. And I'll go and tell you the second one, and then we can go back and forth. If you want to comment on that first one right now. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to ask you, how do you get that or, or gain that trust when maybe things are not doing great at the company? You don't want to freak people out. Um, there, maybe there's a lot of change. It doesn't necessarily mean the company's going under, but you know, there may be some interpersonal problems. Yeah. It might be for financial when there's an obligation you to you as a le- or you as a leader have an obligation to your board or to your leadership team or management team to, you know, keep things under control. And then you have a couple of people who are not stupid, who are coming over asking you, and then you're sort of caught in between. Like, do I tell them? Do I not? Like, how do you, how do you recommend that leaders rule out there? Rule one is don't lie. That? That's the rule one is don't lie. You'll get in trouble is when you lie. Just don't lie. Sometimes you say, I'm sorry, I can't talk about that right now. That's way more acceptable mm. than, than if I lie, right? I like that. Or it's, we haven't figured that out yet, Right. We might be looking at some things, but don't lie. Like sometimes it's best to say, hey, I love you, man. I just got to tell you, I can't talk about that right now. When I can, I will. As soon as I can, I will. As soon as we're able to, I will. Because you're asking a really great question. And CROs sometimes have to walk that fine line. But I'll tell you what, as a CRO, if you lie to your board, you're done. You're done. Exactly. But on the same side, if you lie to your team, you're done. You're done. And so- Rule one is maybe seems obvious. Just don't lie. Mm-hmm. And if you can't give them a straight answer, don't like hedge. Just say, I can't talk about that one yet. We're, we haven't figured that one out yet. Or we're working on that. We're evaluating a lot of options, but we haven't got a strategy for that yet. You know, and um, but don't lie. 
And uh, that, that's really important. Let them know if you're able to talk about things, these are the options we're looking at, share those. And, uh, but if you can't go any more than, than what you're allowed to say, tell them. Sometimes people know that, you know, things are above your pay grade. Yeah. And I think that that's something that leadership teams or management teams should really hone in on is not just talking about the issue, but talking about how we're going to communicate internally to our team and making that a real point of emphasis. Because to your point is if you lose trust, you know, I've worked for folks who I was, I, I, a didn't trust didn't trust that they had my back and i also didn't trust or believe that they were you talked about technical abilities that they were that good you know and i would sit there and i'd say man you know so and so like i don't trust them you know they're they're full of shit you know like cuz they lie and i see how they kind of like are slimy but also like they're not that good i i'm not i don't feel compelled right so that that really does resonate with me Let's yeah. talk about that one for a second, George. Yeah. And I know we, we, we got to keep moving, but that technical one's a big one. Too many sales leaders become uh, detached from what it takes to win in the current environment. And I'm not saying that you need to be picking up the phone and calling every day, but don't let your ability to work a deal or demonstrate how to do any part of the job deteriorate. Um, there's something about, like when I was running my software company, x uh, there was something about I could go to my sales team and I would I would I would I would could get on any call and I could help or I would say who do you want to get into give me a target and I will get you in I would go back and I would get to work and I would get them in there's something about showing that you can still do that job and that you're not just reading a spreadsheet you know mm-hmm. and um, I think that's really really important I want to talk about the last one connection trust just like I said don't lie to your board or don't lie to your team you need to have the backs of your reps that you don't turn them into liars either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of a time where I had a rep that made a commitment to a customer that I wish that they'd asked me about first. And um, it was against the way we did business. And I ended up talking to the VP of sales of the customer who had bought a, a tool from us. And I backed my rep. I did not turn my rep into a liar. Mm. I backed my rep, even though if it wasn't the best deal for us, thank goodness it was only one deal I had to do it on, but I backed my rep. And I did not turn my rep into a liar. And stuff mm. like that goes a long way uh, in making your, those reps know that you have that connection trust. And I got their interests in mind, not just my own. You know what? That story really reminds me of a story that I, uh, or a situation I had an experience with, which was we had a, a pretty nice enterprise B2B SaaS company that we were working with, and they were buying a bunch of products for us. But the VP that I was working with there just was a very difficult individual to work with and ended up treating my employee, one of my customer success folks, uh, really, really bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a decision to make, Uh, you know, do we cut them out and stop doing business with them Uh, or do uh, and then save be on the side of my uh, my employee or. Do I essentially communicate that money is more important to us as an organization? What I ended up doing is calling the CMO uh, who, you know, I'd been in contact with and saying, you know, so-and-so, we just can't do this. I I can't have my, uh, you know, my team being verbally abused and we're going to have to cancel the contract. What was really interesting was 
to the universe or uh, help here, uh, I ended up getting a call back from the CMO and they said, listen, can we continue to do business with you if we remove this individual completely from the process? And I said, well, that sounds reasonable. And, and then I went back to my employee, I told him, and my employee was just like, blown told, away. Blown yeah. away. They were, he, I yeah. remember what he said to me. He was like, well, man, I, I, I'm shocked. Like I, he was so thankful that I had his back. Right. And he was a junior SE or a, a CS uh, person. Right. And, um, you know, it wasn't like, you know, a, a C-level individual or VP, which, you know, there's this idea that they get preferential treatment, et cetera. And, um, and that really won a a lot of credibility um, with my team. So I, so that story really, uh, really resonates with me. So that's the first, you got to have trust on all three levels and and you got to have them all, man, or else people will question your leadership. Second one you have to have is results. Now that may seem as simple as just hit your number, but I'm going to suggest that there's more to it than that. You know, old school thinking is hit your number and then, you know, leave me alone. Enlightened elite leaders. Again, you're going to hear me say that. I, I, I am in the quest for helping organizations. I like enlightened yeah. also. Yeah. I want elite leaders. We've talked about modern sales organizations. Well, what about the modern sales leader? And we, we aren't in a world mm. anymore where we just look at it and say, hit your number. And results to me are they come back to the glue that put these two things together. Let's finish this up this way. You can't have trust without results. You have one without the other, you're going to get fired. If you have everybody trust you, love you, I'm everybody's best friend, but we're not, we're not having, having success, you're going to get fired. And the flip side too, if you have results, but nobody trusts you because you're a scumbag or because maybe you're unorganized or there's a lot of reasons I might not trust you. It could be that you're not a good dude. It also may just be you don't have your shit together, okay? And, um, and, and any of those. If, if you have results, but no trust, people will quit on you or organizations will say, oh, we can't scale with you and you're still out the door, okay? And so you've got to have trust and results. And here's the glue that puts it all together for your listeners. It comes down to helping everyone make the choice to outgrow their talent, mm. okay? Talent is a gift. We're all blessed with different levels of talent, okay? And too many people say, I'll rise to that level and this is where I can go. I have learned that growth is a choice, the great leaders, the enlightened, the modern, the elite leaders, they help them, every member of their team choose growth over talent. And if you can choose growth over talent, and then everything you do on the trust side should be helping people achieve those things they aspire to. I found that uh, uh, conversations about what people aspire to lead to effort that are inspired, mm-hmm. okay? And then the results should not okay. just be, did I hit my number? It should be, what's the percentage of my team that hit the number? Mm. It should be, what happened to my revenue per rep? Is my amount of revenue per rep going up? If the only way you can grow is by getting more reps, that's a bummer. We want to help people get better. We want to look at all of these metrics. And there's a whole slew of different ways, like modern ways to look at performance and results. And it's not just, what did you sell? Because I'm going to finish with this. Don't look at people as resources. Nobody wants to be seen as a resource to be used. Everyone joined your company. They call, they call you, they join your company. They join any of your listeners' companies. They work for a leader because they want a specific outcome in their life or in their career. And the great leaders, George, they learn how to align the aspirations of the reps with the needs of the company. And if you make the reps have to figure out how to align their aspirations with the company needs, you're letting them down. 
the elite leaders, they say, I understand what they aspire to, and I will align that with the needs of the company. And when you do that, you will create results and trust. And that's when you become elite. That's when you become legendary. That's when you make how you lead your competitive advantage. And that's what I get fired up about. So thanks for having me on. I hope this was an interesting conversation. I would love if you have any other comments or questions about it. Man, that was awesome. I, I'm fired up. My hands are sweating. I'm, I'm fired up, ready to carry it back again. Rob, great, great seeing you, man. Good to, good to chat. If, if folks want to follow you, I know you have a podcast. Maybe tell us a little bit about your podcast yeah. and some social media channels that people can follow you. I'm on, on LinkedIn. I, uh, I post on LinkedIn You know, from time to time. I, I run the Sales Leadership Podcast. I, I interview some of the best sales leaders in the world and we, we, we talk about what how people take what the market gives and then some. Um, I run the Jepson Performance Group. I also have a Patreon community where people subscribe at a really low rate, less than the cost of lunch. And I share my very best content, leadership tips, meetings in a box, stuff like that. And so that's that's where I'm at. And, and if you ever want to talk leadership, man, that's, that's my idea of fun. Yeah. Well, everyone out there, absolutely check out Rob's content. It's phenomenal. And uh, Rob, have a great day. I wish I could like give you a, a virtual hug here. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> but hopefully I can come out to, to Utah and, and see you. If you ever want to come out to Miami, uh, you know, got a place for you here. My man. Thanks again for having me on. Thank you. Thank you.